Good morning, everyone. It's uh, good to be here. And you know, it's very interesting. I want to, I got to comment on something. The uh, first song that we sang had words in it that are in the sermon. And I thought, really? <laughs> Sister has just talked to us about um, salvation and about going out and doing it, getting it done. Yeah, and so that was the same thing that, uh, that I had thought of in the night and God had impressed on me about uh, the uh, searching for what to do, what to do next, what should we be doing? Well, the word doing is part of the sermon. So I quickly got a hold of the Bible online on the computer and I looked up words doing. What do we need to be doing? So my sermon is really, the title would be Keeping Watch. As you can see, that that would be another line of understanding, the keeping watch. So uh, I uh, looked up these words on doing. So I'll just quickly read through a bunch of scriptures. You might want to know where they are and write them down. But uh, I don't want to uh, talk too much about each, each individual verse. And yet I don't want to just unload them and, and run. <laughs> That's not the idea. So let's see what we find. In Matthew 24, 46, blessed is that servant who his Lord, when he cometh, shall find him doing. So uh, our Lord, our, our Master, our Savior, um, is part of that when he comes. Is he going to find us doing the right thing and doing, doing something busy for the Lord? So we need some more verses. In Romans 2, verse 7, it says, to them who by patient continuance, uh -huh, in well-doing, seek for glory and honor and immortality, eternal life. That's what we need to be doing, seeking for those things that will bring glory to the Heavenly Father and it'll bring glory to Jesus and honor and um, eventually eternal life for ourselves and for others. In uh, Galatians 6 and verse 9, it says, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. So we need to be doing, well-doing. In Ephesians 6, 6, it says, and, uh, also about doing, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as the servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. Wow, good verses, right? Very good verse. Short and very good. That was Ephesians 6, 6. Ephesians 6, verse 7, the following verse says, um, with good will doing service as to the Lord and not to men. Going on down with a couple more verses on doing. In 2 Thessalonians 3 and verse 13, but ye brethren, be not weary in well-doing. We've got a job to do. And in, in these, where I'm giving these verses, you can see that the, the meaning of the word is being more or less told. So that as we read these verses and we think about what it means, that tells us what we ought to be doing. 
in uh, First, Thess- First Timothy verse 4 and verse 16, take heed unto yourselves and unto the doctrine. Oh, we have to know doctrine. We have to read and understand the doctrine of the scripture. What's the doctrine of Jesus Christ? Not just about him, but what did he teach? What did he teach the people when he was here? Uh, continuing in them. So we need to do those things that Jesus talked about. For in doing, uh-huh, you got to work at them, do them. This, uh, uh, this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. Very good, isn't it? We need to know it ourselves so that we can tell others and we will save ourselves and the others by doing those things that are right in, in the sight of the Lord. In Second Thessalonians 3 and verse 11, it talks a little bit different. Instead of doing, it's going to use a different word. For we hear that there are some which walk among you disorderly, working, not at all, but both, pardon me, uh, I jumped a line. Okay, sorry. <laughs> but these people are disorderly, working not at all, but are busy bodies. That's the wrong kind of work. <laughs> so we'll find verses like that too. We need to be uh, speaking of spiritual matters, teaching of spiritual matters. We will be working, but the word walk is also in there. These are action words that we need to walk worthy of the cause of Christ. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 21, it says, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, that's God's will, working, uh, that's one, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight, in God's sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever, amen. In that verse. Okay, again, the word work and doing comes up in First Corinthians chapter fifteen fifty-eight. I know you can't get these that fast, but if you'd like a copy, we can print it after church. Uh, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast. There's a job to do. Something that ha- needs to be done. Our activity, unmovable. That's a job we got to be doing always abounding in the work of the Lord. Something more that we need to be doing. For as much as ye know that your labor, we need to be laboring, doing something for the Lord. Laboring is not in vain in the Lord. Uh, Those are wonderful verses. Lots of words that are action words that we need to be partaking in doing. Um, Colossians 4 verse 12, Aphrodite's, who is one of you, a servant of Christ, salute you. This is telling somebody's name that he's a servant of Christ. We need to be a servant of Christ. So that falls in line too. And he's greeting them. Always laboring. (laughs) He was always laboring fervently for you in prayer. So when you make a prayer list and you get on your knees at night or you sit at the table or... Um, hold hands together in a circle and and you're going to pray for somebody, that type of work, that type of labor is well-pleasing to the Heavenly Father and we'll be helping people 
Because if we are fervent in prayer, action will happen. God answers prayers. That ye may stand perfectly and complete in all the will of God. So this type of laboring, of praying, remembering to prayer, is going to give you rewards. You're going to be complete in the will of God. Just interesting to catch some of those ideas that, that are there for us to uh, watch and to think on well-doing and uh, well-pleasing and working. And so on. those words are great to know about. So let's go to the sermon itself. <laughs> As you can tell, I got lost. Um, no, not really. God was just firing these words at me, even in the middle of the night. And we uh, get up in the morning and I say something to my wife about what I was dreaming about. And then you, oh yeah, there's a verse that says your old men shall dream dreams. <laughs> okay, yes, the good ones though. <laughs> okay, okay. But we know we have this scripture about keeping watch. Keeping watch, that would be a work to do. But I keep under my body and bring it unto subjection. This is from... 1 Corinthians chapter 9, 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 27. But I keep my body, it's a job to do. I have to make sure my body stays intact with God. I got to stay faithful. I got to hang in there uh, and bring it into subjection. He has to control his body with the Lord's help. Of course, we need the Heavenly Father. We need the Holy Spirit. Blessed that by any means, he doesn't want to fail. He's just stressing this point. I don't want to fail. That he would, by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. That would be a disaster is what he's saying. He doesn't want that to happen. He's praying for the help of God, help of the Holy Spirit, and just really uh, asking that this would be an answered prayer that he would do well for the Lord. There's six things that we should be watching. We need to watch what you are thinking. Things that go on in your head. What are you thinking about? Watch what you see. Control. You know, take care of your eyes. That they're looking at good things. Watch what you hear. Oh my, so much could be said about that in our world. Oh boy. Yeah. Watch what you say. Very, very important. Watch what you do, where you're going and so on. And watch where you go is, is the last idea I want to get to. Uh, I remember reading something very recently about people that went to the theaters or they went to places where there was a lot of uh, bad words used. And uh, they said, we don't belong in those places. And when I was young, that first psalm, don't stand in the seat of the scornful. Don't be where the scornful are. Yeah, we need to be away from those bad things. So the first one that I mentioned was about our thinking, what, what we were doing in, with our mind. In uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Every thought, we need to run that through our minds and say, uh, I, I need to be sure that I'm thinking right things that will glorify God. And when it says pray without ceasing, yeah, that's one good activity to, to have going on in our mind, what our mind is doing. Many Christians fail 
because to, to bring their thoughts into captivity, the scripture is talking about, they fail that. They, uh, they fall prey to evil because they've allowed their thoughts to get out of kilter. Negative thoughts mixed with good thoughts doesn't work. We need to keep the negative thoughts out of the way and fill it in with good thoughts, positive ones, to keep our mind full with what that which is pure and good. I bet you know that verse. It says, finally, brethren, that's in Philippians 4. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 7 and 8. Really 8, I guess I should read. But I'll read 7. The peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Jesus, through Christ Jesus. Isn't that neat that I could read an extra verse and it's going to fit anyway? <laughs> when I saw seven, I had uh, some red things there and it, yeah, I got to read that one too. Okay, and then verse eight. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever uh, things are of good report, If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. That's where we need to busy our minds. What what can we be doing for the Lord? Right there. (laughs) All those items we could be doing for the Lord because it'll be a blessing to the Heavenly Father. It'll be a blessing to those around us. We can be praying for people. We see the good in them, but we could pray for the good that's in them, that it might blossom. Uh, yes, there's a lot of things that could busy our minds, keep our minds on the right avenue, doing the right thing. Then we need to watch what we see. Be careful what we see. Watch for it. Watch out for what we see, what we allow our eyes to see. Uh, in Psalm 141, verse 8, it says, But mine eyes are unto thee, O Lord, uh, O God, the Lord. in a song, like a psalm that could be sung. And David, or the writer, sometimes David had other people write for him, but they're saying, my eyes are unto thee, my heavenly Father. I'm mindful of thee. I'm looking for you. I'm seeing things of spiritual value. I'm going to keep my eyes safe. Millions of people are deceived by scenes displayed on television. I remember a lady many years ago, she said, should we throw out our television sets? Because she heard a man preaching against television. That's what he called it. He said they used to have a projector indoors and there was uh, the devil was in there and the tail was outside and that's the people lining up to get in to see the whatever was being shown. Now he says that the Machines showing the bad pictures are in the house and the tail is on the roof. Well, that's when you used to have the antennas <laughs> on the roof. Uh, so, yes, he had it about right. The things that are shown are false. They're trying to destroy our thinking, our reasoning, and our understanding. Um, all people would do well uh, if they 
if we could think back of a time when they call it the beaver syndrome, <laughs> the program that had little beaver in there and the, the uh, stories were good. Uh, but the reality is that's not the way it is now. And you turn it on and boy, the disaster that's there. Uh, and that lady, when I had to say something to her, I said, well, you know, there's a knob on the front off <laughs> as well as trying to find appropriate channels. In those days, there's less channels, less work. Now there's, what I don't know, I don't even know how many. Could be a thousand. I don't know how many channels there are available. And uh, it's, uh, it's very bad. One thing that our, our electronic stuff could do and does do in reverse to what Satan would like it to do. You know the little cubes that they're sending up now on five mega, mega, no, what is it? Gigahertz, five gigahertz little, doesn't even need antennas, they're so short. But they could have antennas on those little boxes and they're sending them up by the thousands, transmitting all over the world. They say, well, we're doing a good deed. We're giving um, cell phone coverage, internet coverage to the entire world, all places whether they normally would not be able to have. They're going to be everywhere, all over the place. Um, the only thing I thought of there, the whole world shall know and then the end shall come. Wow! The whole world is going to get the internet through that idea. That's what they're proposing. And they are sending them up by the thousands. Those little satellites. Okay, there's an article in the paper, by the way, about those article about those satellites, little satellites. Um, in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2, I'm going to get to here, but first, what would Jesus have us see? If we were thinking about it and say, what, what would Jesus like us to vision or visualize? Or if we wanted to use our eyes for some other problems, well, uh, when we had company and we went to places where there was crystals in the ground and there was rose rocks uh, in another place and you see all the scenery and the trees and the vegetables and the fruit and all of the, those are wonderful things to th see and thank the Lord for. We could use it for that purpose. But what's happening, we must avoid exposure to filth and violence that television and movies propagate. And in Hebrews chapter 12, I'm going to turn to that here. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame of it all, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. That's what Jesus would like us to use our eyes for, looking unto Jesus. And one way to get that is right here too with all the red letters that are in the four Gospels to find out what Jesus was like, what he did, what he loved, what he stood for. We could see Jesus. Another thing is our hearing. Hearing is very, very valuable to us as the eyes and so on, and our minds. But watching what you hear he that heareth and believeth hath everlasting life. Uh, the opposite is true, but that would be in John 5, 24. John 5 and verse 24. 
I've taken out certain words only. So we need to be hearing the right things. Belief in Jesus Christ, belief in the Heavenly Father, belief in in, uh, eternal life. Because if we will believe those things that we would hear that way, we'd learn God's ways, learn the scriptures, uh, we will have eternal life, everlasting life. Today, the, uh, we're flooded with the wrong kind of music. I thought that if I had something on my computer that was mundane and I'll never turn it on because I don't even want to know what's on there. You know, every time that computer turns on, that thing pops up. It wants me to hear their music. I have to touch it and then cancel, 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 cancel until it finally goes away. Yeah. It's a persistent delivering of the world's music. We listen to some very nice music at night when we're playing, we, we play table games, and we listen to very, very nice music, and not all religious music, but very, very nice music. And it, it lifts your spirit. There is such a thing as proper music and good music, and that's what we need to concentrate on. Hear the right things, things that will lift us up. Instead, Satan wants us to hear foul language, slander, and smut. That's what Satan wants us to hear. We must listen to the Word of God. We're finding... (laughs) Sometimes we try to anticipate or try to guess at how many times we've read the Bible by reading by eye and brain or by hearing the word of God through audio tapes and driving your car, or sitting like we do now and read along with the tape that is reading all those big words (laughs) and just goes on. And we're finding it's fantastic. I guess we're around 40 times that we've gone through the Bible. Just guessing, maybe more. Because somewhere around 72, we bought a stack of books the stories of the Bible that we started in our home reading. Uh, I can't remember what we did before that, but I remember the set of books that we got. And then we changed those out to doing, doing uh, straight reading from the Bible and explaining to our children what it was saying. Around 1972. Well, you know what year it is now. <laughs> How many times have we read through the Bible? Yeah, it's 50 years worth. So probably 40 is a wild guess that's pretty close. <laughs> 40 times. And you know it's new every time? The Bible says that, right? Every time you hear it, it's new every morning. We do it in the evening before going to bed. But any time is a good time to listen to the Bible and to grow in God's Word. We should have a feeling for the cry of the needy, the lonely, the discouraged, the lost. That's what we should have as a feeling that we need. In Romans 10 and verse 17, it says, So then faith cometh by hearing, by hearing the word of God. Faith and hearing. And every time we hear the scripture read, we, we just finished uh, Luke. Every time we finish uh, the passage of scripture that we're listening to, we just say, wow, look at it. Hey, stop, wait, let's talk about this. 
because we're beginning to comprehend again and again and again. It's new to us again. Wow, really good stuff. So we need to hear the Word of God. And um, one good way is to have it read to us through, through um, CDs now. But you can also get it on uh, MP3 and MP4, I guess, and so on. Uh, I don't know those means of use, but it's available. And you don't have to carry a 50-pound bunch of batteries around with you or the shoulder radios that they used to have. And now it comes in those little chips with the whole Bible on it. So yes, we have little to no excuse for not doing these things. Watch what you say. Another point. Um, in Matthew 12, 37, it says, For by thy, thy word, words, thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. Our words are important. And we really need to think seriously of what we're saying, how we use it, and pray diligently that we use the right words and, and pray a lot for forgiveness. Many Christians are defeated by their own harsh, critical words. That's true. They fail to be the blessings that they should be. When we speak, we should actually give a blessing to somebody. Show them that they did right. You know, I, I thank that lady that I talked to. I thanked her for saying the right thing to her daughter, teaching her daughter correctly. Uh, but we should have this just ongoing. It's just automatic. It just pops up. So we don't have to plan these things. They will pop up if we've got the right thing. You feed junk in, you're going to get junk out, right? Um, we need to put in good stuff and get out some good stuff. We must watch what we say. The scripture says, A soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. Proverbs is where that's from. Proverbs 15, verse 1. Proverbs is a fantastic book. I just love to encourage people to read this and read that, and then I find out it's, it's all good. It's all good. So good. that. <laughs> but Proverbs, if you read a chapter a day, you get it all done in one, one month. And it's all full of really, really good comments and ways of, of living righteously and, and serving God righteously. Uh, we need to watch what we do. In uh, Hebrews 13, 21, it says, let every good work to do his will. Let every good work to do his will, God's will. All the things that we do, we need to be doing good works that will give a blessing to the Heavenly Father. Some Christians default. I thought that's an interesting word to use here because we all have defaults now in, in almost everything we do. It will fall back on its creator. <laughs> and many times those creators are not very good. And we fall back on things we wish they didn't have. They are too involved in personal pursuits. You can go on and on and on through the people that you know, whether you're grocery shopping or whether you're doing this or that and that. And you realize they, they're falling back on personal pursuits. What's in it for me? The now generation or the me generation. or um, We've got to be more than that, better than that. 
That would be like when Jesus was here. He said, don't do like the scribes and Pharisees do because they did something, but it wasn't the right things that would inspire people to serve God. They, they, you know, in their own minds, they're thinking, uh, let's see, Jesus said something there we don't like. Can there, is there a way of us getting rid of him? Wrong thoughts. Yeah, wrong thoughts, bad ideas. We need to watch where we go. And that's still the same thing from the good old days. Is if you went to a certain building and they had something that they were showing you that wasn't appropriate, what if Jesus came? If Jesus came that night, what would you do? There's, there's a little story, a little poem about that. I've got to find that again. But if you were in the, the beer parlor or the pub or in a dance hall or... You know, you go on and name them. What if Jesus came? Would he be, would you be embarrassed that you were there? And whether you were there for the right or wrong reason, uh, you're going to explain that to Jesus? I don't think you want to. You shouldn't be there in the first place. If you went there to bring somebody out of a place because of salvation or to speak to somebody about salvation, that would be entirely different. So watch where you go. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk ye in him. That's Colossians 2 and verse 6. Colossians 2 and verse 6. We've got to watch out where we are, where we go, where we're walking, who else is on that path or influencing us. Many Christians go almost everywhere except for God. Instead of going to God, they're going everywhere else, anywhere at all. But they don't think about God. They should be. They are trying to satisfy a longing in their soul. That has been said hundreds of times. That a natural built into our bodies is a desire to have a God to have power and authority from a, a heavenly father, from a, a whatever nation that people came from. They, they have a God idea. And they, would, they need it. They need something. But they're not really looking to the heavenly father and to the scriptures to find out the true God of heaven, God of the universe. Um, we must be faithful to church, to calling on the sick, to going to witness for to the lost. When we go for God, he goes with us. That's in Joshua 1 verse 9. And I thought right away about the scripture in Matthew 25, when, um, and it's 31 to, 30, to 40, when Jesus comes back and he divides the sheep and the goats and he says to the sheep, you did this, and you did this, and you did this, and that's a blessing. You did this, you visited the sick, you, you went to the jails, you did this, you did this. He goes on and on. And they said, when did we do that? Because they were doing it with the right attitude. They were not saying, oh, where's my little book? I'll add that up. I'll make, it, make a list of what I've done. That's good. Uh, that's in Matthew 25, verse 31 through 40. In... Uh, Joshua 1 verse 9, in brief there it says, For the Lord thy God is with thee 
whithersoever thou goest. We need to make sure that that where we're going, God can be with us. It's not like the guy that got to race to get to his meeting, and when he got there, he said his uh, angel was 20 minutes behind him because the angel didn't break the speed limits and <laughs> didn't break the laws of the land. <laughs> uh, no, we, we, again, we've got to be better than that. We need to be faithful in visiting the sick, witnessing to the lost, and the dying world that we're in. So there's something to do. If we're keeping watch, we're watching what we're thinking, we're watching what we see, careful about what we see, watching what we hear, allow ourselves to hear, Watch what you say and how it's worded, how it's worded, what context it's in. And watch what you do, activities. People are watching. They are watching. And watch where you go. May God bless you.